Hey there, Strong Mom. Welcome to the Mom's New Strong Show, a show that inspires, educates, and motivates you to ditch the weight loss and fitness drama and create a fit and healthy lifestyle that you love, all centered around down-to-earth and practical solutions that will leave you feeling inspired and ready to take action. I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey, strong mom, what's up? And just a shout out to all you moms who survived your first week of school. I don't know about you. I have um, a kindergartners. Oh my gosh, that's crazy to think Kaysen is five now. So it was his first week of school like ever. And he handled it really good. It was actually his little sister, Millie, she's three, who handled it the hardest. For one, she's a little jealous of Bubba that he gets to go to school and she doesn't. But she also misses her Bubba because that's like his sidekick. Like literally she copies everything that he does. And she's just like was at loss, you know, like this week of what to do with herself because she's used to being his sidekick. So shout out to all you moms that we we survived the first week of school, right? So let's dive into today's episode. Um, And are you ready? Are you really ready? Because like today's episode is going to be epic. Never have I ever walked someone virtually through my process before. So I'm really excited to share this for with you for the first time. Just to make sure we're on the same page, today's episode is going to be me helping you decode your one-week food diary in order to help you figure out what and how you need to eat to meet your goals. And if you haven't completed a one-week food journal just yet, then that's okay. You can start this week and you can always come back to the episode, no biggie, right? So if you haven't completed it, All you have to do is you just have to download the app MyFitnessPal and track everything you eat and drink for a week. And I mean everything, like every little bite counts. And I know it sounds like a lot, but it's not as hard as you think or as time consuming. Plus, it will be so worth it. I I like pinky promise. I promise that it was it's gonna be so eye opening for you and you will learn so much by just doing this food diary. So what can you expect to get out of doing this food diary experiment and going through today's little mini virtual nutrition console with me? You will walk away with an idea of how much food and what kind of food you need to be eating to reach your goal. But even more important than that, you will walk away with awareness of what food habits you need to focus on to really make healthier eating a lifestyle. That in itself is the big prize because ultimately it doesn't matter if you have the perfect diet if you know exactly how many calories you should be eating or all that, if you can't even implement it. And making a lifestyle change by re-evaluating your habits is really how you're gonna implement this long-term. So I want you to keep that as a big focus because if you're like me, you probably like, oh, I want to know the details. I want to know the numbers. And I get so caught up and I overanalyze everything. And that's just how my brain works. And so I always want to like refocus you on what the big picture is, because I know me for myself, I have to refocus myself on what the big picture is. And the big picture is really implementing a healthier lifestyle. And that goes way further than meeting a calorie count every day. That That's you actually implementing this in a way that works. And that's not to drive you crazy, right? Because I don't want, um, you know, somebody that personally has had 
different spectrums of eating disorders, I don't want you to be obsessive, right? It's good to know these things. It's good to know, okay, about how many calories, you know, macros, all that. Actually, to be completely honest, that stuff has helped me through my eating disorder because it's really put things into perspective of like, okay, this is what I need because I can get really compulsive or I have been in the past about like restricting food. And to be completely honest, for me, having that path of like what I need to eat to meet my goals, it really helps to calm down my um, compulsion with food that I've had in the past and to kind of release some anxiety because it's like, okay, I got this game plan. I don't have to like second guess everything I eat. And especially when you really plan um, out your food, you know, like meal planning and meal prepping, and you can really plug in that stuff of like what you're going to eat ahead of time. And for me, it just really has helped me long-term, not only in getting the results I want, but also to help me have a healthier perspective and a healthy relationship with food, if that makes sense. So just wanted to kind of, you know, give you that little disclaimer going forward to really keep in mind about really what matters and what do you really want to get out of this, right? More than just like the numbers and all that. Okay. And just also as a side note, yes, I'm walking you through a process that is going to make that is actually going to be custom for you, but it doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't mean this is the be all and do all and it will 100% work for you because I can be, it's going to get damn close and it's a great, it's a great starting point. And I can guarantee it's a better starting place than where you are now. And to be honest, I haven't had anyone I've done a nutrition consult with that comes back and tells me they didn't get results when they actually really implemented the game plan we put together. But I also know that yes, I'm walking you through a process, but nothing beats that one-on-one. Like if you were to actually sit down and have a one-on-one nutrition consult, um, you know, there's nothing that can really replace that, but you know, we can try, right? And I really wanted to give you guys this um, to help you out. And just, like I said, just a side note, just keeping that in mind that this is just like not the be all do all, but this is a really great starting point. And then you can kind of go from there, right? And maybe if, you know, if it's not a great starting point or you really want to have that one-on-one, we can always set up a virtual um, nutrition consult. I do that too. I, um, yes, I do a lot of in-person ones, but I also do a lot over the computer and over the phone. So that's always an option too. So let's go ahead and get started. So today will be broken down into three areas of assessment for your food diary. So the first area is going to be awareness. This is going to be looking at your habits, your struggles, what's working, what's not. Um, and really everything should start with awareness because how can you change something that you're not aware about? I've said this multiple times and it's just the truth of the matter. Number, the second area that we're going to look at is we're going to look, we're going to take a real honest look and look at where are you right now based on your daily calorie average. And then we're going to figure out from that average, you know, are you somebody that's really under eating or you're overeating? Like what is your next step from there? Because you're going to fall into two categories. And this is where it kind of gets tricky when you try to do, um, when you try to follow cookie cutter plans or things like that, you know, it, it's different for different people. And just kind of going forward, what I'm sharing with you is what most women come to me for, which is fat loss and gaining lean muscle. You know, if you're working on the gym, you're strength training, things like that, um, you know, that 
you want to make sure that you're eating in a way that is going to supplement those those gains, right? Those mu- those lean muscle gains. Now, if you're somebody that doesn't work out, that's fine too. This is a great way to go about fat loss in general because it will help you to maintain your lean muscle, which you do have. Of course, strength training would actually really, really help. But if you're not really focused on transforming your body, you're just more wanting to lose weight, then this is a great approach as well. The only person that this might not be for is somebody that is trying to gain weight, which I have women that I do work with, um, you know, that that's a struggle for them to maintain weight, but that's not what a majority of women come to me for. So we're talking today about fat loss and gaining lean muscle and fat loss in a way that is healthy and will help us to preserve our lean muscle mass that we do have, right? So that's going to be the second area. The third area is simply where to go from here, what to do with what we have learned through the food journal, all right? So we're gonna do the, that's how today's podcast is gonna be broken down. I usually keep this podcast um, within 30 minutes. We're probably gonna exceed that today. And since today's gonna be packed full of information, I'm going to help you out by creating a cheat sheet, which is going to give you the show notes. It's going to um, be really hard to do everything while you're listening to this podcast. So this cheat sheet will help Help you implement what I teach today. So what I really suggest is just listen to this episode without distractions. Just listen to it throughout. You know, don't really implement yet. Then download the cheat sheet and actually answer the questions and start implementing what you learn. And since you've already listened to the episode, it will flow and make a lot of sense because you've already got the gist of everything. You've kind of walked through it with me and I'm going to be giving you examples as we go along. And also, I suggest before you start the process of going through the cheat sheet, really answering things, um, that you go back and you look at your journal and you jot your memory about what you ate every day before starting this assessment because I'm going to be asking questions or you're going to be answering questions about what you ate, how you feel. And, you know, it might not be that fresh in your mind right now. I don't know about you, but I can't even remember what I wore like two days ago. half the time. So, you know, if you really took this seriously and you, you tracked everything you ate for seven days, most, more than likely you're going to forget like what you even ate. So just, um, just a side note on that as well. So I'm really excited. Let's go ahead and let's dive in. I think I covered all the bases. So there are actually, so what we're going to start with, we're starting with the awareness piece, right? And there are two questions that I love to ask. And I always ask my nutrition clients before I even start the consult. I want them to give me an unbiased opinion about what they think about themselves and their eating habits. And to be honest, I love hearing their answers because later I can help them to make shifts um, if they have any negative beliefs about themselves or their eating habits and really put that into perspective for them and actually help them, you know, work through that. <laughs> Excuse me. And so what are those two questions? The first one is, how do you, f- how did you feel about keeping a food diary? How, like, what kind of emotions came up for you? Did you have a lot of resistance? Did you feel a certain way about what you ate? Did did it make you feel any different about yourself? Like, just really, how did you feel about keeping the futari? And it's okay if you hated it. 
you know, not every, it's not for everybody. And I think it is a great tool. I, I think it's something that cannot be left off the table if you really want to dial in and learn your eating habits, really make a healthy eating lifestyle. You don't have to keep a food dryer forever, but it's such a great awareness piece in the beginning that you really cannot do it. So, but it's okay if you had some resistance around it. And a lot of the times that resistance can be because it's, um, might be a little confusing at first. You're maybe getting frustrated, like how, how do you um, do portion sizes and things like that entering in your information. You might find it a little annoying to have to do it every time you eat. Um, you know, just write down how you felt about keeping a diary. Um, some people actually, much, I, I say a lot of people don't like it, but actually when I do nutrition consults, there might be like, oh, well, at first, but then they're like, wow, it was, it was a great experience because now I'm really aware about how I ate and just keeping the food diary made might make you even think second thought um, secondly about eating something or the way you eat and that's that's what it's there to do it's creating awareness because eating is so habitual for us that we kind of lose that connection to that awareness piece so this brings it back so once again number one question how do how did you feel about keeping the food diary simple as that Number two question, how do you feel about what you ate during your food journal? So there's these are kind of two different questions, right? So it's like, how did you feel about actually keeping a journal and doing the process? Now I'm asking you, like, what did you feel about what you ate? You know, and the thing that's I find really interesting is we almost make food like a a, a reflection of our morality. <laughs> and I get it. I've been there, especially... If you are somebody that is really feels strongly about a certain type of diet, it can almost seem like it's a religion, right? It's like, this is your way. <laughs> this is like the only way. Um, and, you know, and sometimes because we eat something we're not supposed to, it's like, okay, you, you connect that with, I'm a bad person. I'm a weak person. You make it a story about yourself, right? We So that's what I mean about sometimes we can make how we eat, um, a reflection of our morality, like who we are and how we are, you know, and really we, that's, it's, that's something that we need to work about stepping back from. And that's something I've had to learn to do as somebody that had an eating disorder. And that's a very common thing when you do have an eating disorder is how you eat as a reflection of who, like how you are. So anyways, I, I really want you to answer that question. How do you feel about what you ate during your food diary? And you can even put down specific examples like when I ate this on this day, this is how it made me feel, right? And really getting into really asking yourself like too, are you how is, is are you emotionally eating like some of those things like why did you eat like that then right because a lot of the times when you're eating in a way that makes you feel guilty afterwards it was triggered by an emotion to begin with and it's just this vicious cycle of like trying to numb yourself from another from one emotion and then you get this the guilt from actually binging or whatever you ate that you really didn't want to eat so really kind of connect with those emotions. So that's really what I want you to do in these first two questions, which was how did you feel about keeping your food diary and how do you feel about what you ate during your food diary is really that awareness piece about how you emotionally are connected with um, food in general, right? So next 
there's going to be two more awareness questions. So those are the first two that I like. Like I said, I like to ask nutrition clients before I even get started because I want to see how they feel about what they're eating about themselves based on how they're eating without telling anything coming from me first, all right? So next two questions that you want to answer is, what were your biggest struggles? Did you discover any bad food habits, all right? So really focusing and and looking at, you know, kind of kind of ties it kind of leads in from that last question right like if you if you found yourself emotionally eating like what triggered that you know did you find patterns like is there this one food that you eat every day at the same time (laughs) you know like I eat ice cream every day at the same time or you have this or that like or you noticed every after every meal you have to have something sweet or after dinner you're grazing or you're snacking like Figure out what are those things that are really those habits. And not just any habits, but the ones that you know are really keeping you from, um, you know, eating healthy consistently, right? Or eating in the way that you want to eat consistently. What are those biggest struggles? What did you discover? All right, so that was number three. Number four is what were you proud of? Do you have any good food habits? Um, because it, I don't want it just to be all negative. Maybe there's some things that you're doing that are great and you need to bring that into awareness and be like, okay, I don't need to change that. Like I need to, if anything, I need to focus on keeping that up more, you know? So that could be, you know, maybe you are somebody that plans out your meals and you meal prep. I mean, that is great in itself. Like kudos to you that, <laughs> you know, I, that. I should be, you know, applauding you at this point if, if that's you. Um, you know, it, is there certain things that you do on routine basis, like, you know, having a good breakfast, having a healthy family dinner? You know, think of these things that you are proud of that you know you're doing good at and really bring those into light. So these, you know, question number three, what were your biggest struggles? And then question number four, what are you proud of? You know, once again, awareness piece. All right, so now that you are aware of how you are eating, let's look at what you are eating, all right? This is the second part, um, you know, where we really take an honest look at what is what was in your food journal, like what made up your food journal. And the truth is, if you never have kept a food diary before, you really have no clue how many calories are you eating a day or how those calories are broken down into protein, fats, and carbs. And if you do have a good estimate of how many calories you eat, you probably don't really know how many calories you should be eating for your goals, let alone like what kind of calories you should be eating. Once again, going back to the protein, carbs, and fats, which are your macronutrients. And by keeping a food Food journal, you have a totally unbiased look at what you ate. If you truly track down everything that you ate, even those little bites here and there because they do add up and the drinks and all that, you know, you have an unbiased opinion no matter what you think, right? Because in our heads, we can think, oh my gosh, I eat horrible. And then you look at your food diary, you're like, I don't eat that bad, right? Or it could be the complete opposite. But it is what it is. The facts are the facts, right? So That's what's really great. And now we're going to really look at that. So first, I want you to get an average of your daily calories for those seven days. So what you do is you go back and look at the calories for each day, add up all those calories, divide it by seven, and then that will give you your, your average for your daily calorie average of how many calories you average per day that you're eating. All right. And chances are, if you're listening to this, you're struggling to lose weight and you're probably maintaining weight. That's what I'm I'm really um, 
guessing that's where you're at and that's why you're listening to this. You're somebody that's probably plateaued or you can't seem to lose weight. You're just maintaining that. So if that is you, then your daily calorie average is in the ballpark of what your maintenance calories are. Makes sense, right? How you're eating now is what's maintaining you, okay? And that's actually really good for what we wanna do to really kind of look at the numbers for today. And, you know, this is, like I said, this is where I want you to be. And I've always told my clients, like, when I do a nutrition consult, like I said, I want you to, you should, this whole past week, you should have, you should have logged everything you normally eat and drink for a week. Like I tell my, tell them, don't try to impress me. I want to see like where your maintenance calories are. What are the things that you are doing that is giving you the results you have right now and, and really get a clear uh, viewpoint of that. Now, next, let's talk about the daily calorie average and see if you are overeating or undereating for your ideal maintenance calories. So this is, this is, we're in that second area now. Um, we're really looking at um, honest look at everything. So this is really important to know. It's really important to know this because this is going to dictate your game plan is different. So you're either going to fall into two camps. One is you're under eating below your ideal maintenance calories or you're overeating above your ideal maintenance calories. And based on those two, there's different you're going to have a different game plan, right? So keep that in mind. And in the cheat sheet, there is a link to a calorie calorie calculator that will help you figure out what is your ideal maintenance calories. And in this link, you'll have the calorie, you'll you'll be able to plug in your age, your height, your weight, your activity level, even your goal, and it will tell you what your maintenance calories are. And I want you to compare this number to your daily calorie average you got from your food diary. And you know, this based on this, you'll know if you're undereating or overeating. If your if your daily calorie average is above this maintenance level, then you're overeating above your ideal maintenance level. If your calories your daily calories are below this maintenance calorie level, then you're eating below your ideal maintenance, okay? So we got an overeating and we got an undereating, right? And if you are overeating, this is actually a really good position to be in because this means that you have plenty of room to cut calories. If your daily calorie, and like I said, if your daily calorie average um, is lower than your maintenance calories, then this means you don't have room to cut calories and you will need to focus on increasing your metabolism back up to a healthy level, which we will talk more about, all right? I'm gonna walk you through this. So let's kind of give some examples. Let's first talk about the woman that is overeating, all right? So for example, say your daily calorie average, this is what you got from your food diary, is 200 calories a day. That's what you've been averaging every day, 2,000 calories. And then you did that little calorie calculator thing and your maintenance shows that you should, that your, that your maintenance calories should be around 1,800 calories. This is good, this means that you have room to cut calories and to play with. This is ideally where you would like to be starting off because hey, you have room, you can cut calories, right? So other example for, if you are under eating, if your daily, say, say you did your daily calorie average and it came out to 1200 calories. So that's what you're eating every day on average and you're not losing weight and you're maintaining at this calorie average. Um, and then you do that calorie ca- calculator and shows your maintenance calories should be 1500 calories. 
then you are not in a position to cut any more calories. You're eating below, you're eat, severely eating below your maintenance calories. Um, and we, you actually got to start working up to increasing your metabolism to a place where you can cut calories again. And, you know, most, most of the time when I see this, um, which actually, to be completely honest, when I do nutrition consults, this is where majority of women I work with fall into. They are somebody that has been dieting. Um, and they they have gotten some results, but they've gotten to a place where they plateaued, you know, that 1,200 calories, 1,300 calories, it ain't working, it ain't cutting it anymore. And I've seen even women come to me averaging 900 calories a day that have 30, 40 pounds to lose, and they're not losing anymore. And it's like, what do you, you can't tell a person that's eating 900 calories, well, you just got to eat less calories, right? You just got to eat 600 calories now. Like, no, you're, you're essentially starving. Your body is essentially starving. And you, um, if you didn't listen to the last couple of episodes, I talked about what happens when you extremely diet and how that actually sets you up to gain more fat. Really great, like, um, episodes, go ahead and check those out. If this, you feel like, oh, this is me, um, this will, ex- it'll explain a lot to you of like why that's happening. But anyway, so if you are somebody that's under eating, it's more than likely that you've been dieting. You're probably somebody that skips meals. Um, and even I've had women tell me that, oh, well, I'm just not hungry. Like they've gotten so used, their body has just gotten used to eating that way and they're not even hungry. Like some women don't even do it on purpose that they're under eating, right? So this is why the food diary is really good because I do really, we don't know if you've never done a food diary, like I said before, worked with a nutrition, uh, nutritionist, like you really don't know, like for your body and for your goals, like where you should be eating. Right. And so this is really eye opening because it's like, okay, here it is. Here it is in the numbers. Um, so if you are this lady, this woman, this mama that's under eating, I want you to slowly increase your calories over time. All right. And God, trust me here. This means adding 50 to 100 calories to your daily calories. And you do that every week. And you repeat this every week until you reach your ideal starting calories, which will be maintenance or more. And then you'll have room to play with, right? And this process is called reverse dieting. You slowly add in calories, which gives your body time to adjust while slowly increase, and it slowly increases your metabolism. And ideally, you will not gain weight during this process but some women do gain a little weight. It's okay. You're setting yourself metabolically to be in a position where you can cut calories and you can lose weight again, right? It, like if you're somebody that's been maintenance, you're eating 1,200, you're eating in less or less than that and you're not losing weight, like well, you need to do something. And this is what you need to do is you need to increase your metabolism so you can cut calories. So just trust me. Um, but I've also seen um, it happen where it kickstarts women's weight loss again because it gets their body out of that starvation mode where like, oh, hey, I'm not starving. Like, I don't have to hold on to this. And it just kicks them, especially whenever I um, have women come to me and they're doing cardio, a lot of cardio and they're under eating. I tell them, okay, slowly start cutting the ca- uh, cardio out, start slowly increasing the calories and start in uh, doing more strength training. And it's like makes a big difference. All right. So that's um, just 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 on a side note, and and also I want to just 
throw it out there because I know I have a wide range of ages that listen, women of all ages listening to this podcast. And I've done a reverse diet protocol with women of all different ages. Um, One that had the best results was actually in her, I think, late 40s. And yeah, I just told her exactly what I just told you right now. You know, she's doing a bunch of cardio. She was eating around 1,200 calories, not seeing any results. I said, slowly, you're going to have to trust me on this. You're going to slowly start cutting that uh, cardio down, add in strength training, and you're going to slowly increase your calories. And she's like, oh my gosh, like it kickstarted her weight loss again. It was awesome. So just uh, letting you know. So if you think that age is a factor, (laughs) it's really not. Um, which I will say if you are through going through menopause, though, yes, hormones can play and make it really tricky and harder for you. But do not give up. So, okay, let's go back to now that you ladies, I just talked to you ladies that are under eating, right? If you're under eating, now you know, okay, I got to do this thing. I got to do a reverse diet. I got to slowly add in calories. And like I said, download the cheat sheet. It's going to have all of this broken down like we're talking. And it's going to be like a little guide cheat sheet thing that, if, if it's not making sense, I don't know about you. Sometimes I have to like see things for it to make sense. So that, that'll be very helpful for you. So now let's go to the ladies whose daily calories are over maintenance. The calorie calculator will also show you your ideal calories for fat loss, which is kind of cool. It's going to show you on there like where you want to be eating calorie-wise for fat loss. What is that number? I want you to look at it. And how far is that from what you're currently eating? So for example, if it's more than, or not example, if it's more than a 500 calorie gap, I still don't recommend you starting at that fat, those fat loss calories that that calorie calculator is telling you. I recommend cutting your daily calories where they are right now by 300 to 500 and you ride that progress till it stalls and then you cut again another 300 or 500 calories and this will help you to keep your progress going longer because what happens when we cut calories over time your body well immediately actually your body starts to adjust its metabolism metabolism to energy and energy out. It doesn't like a huge gap. So say you're eating 2000 calories and then you cut down to 1400 calories. Your body's like, whoa, 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 this is a big energy gap. So it, it works on closing that gap. So what that means is over time, your metabolism is going to adjust to that 1400 calorie range, whatever your, your dieting, um, calories are right so it makes more sense like hey let's cut a little at a time let's cut enough to get that progress going but let's not do a huge jump because we're just cutting ourselves short on progress because once you um once your body adjusts to there to that calorie range is like okay where do i go from here right <laughs> and so you really want to milk it for all you can and then you make another adjustment um So for example, let's use an example now. For example, if you are eating like uh, 2,500 calories, say that's your maintenance calories right now. That's what you've been eating. Um, And your fat loss calories are showing 1,700. That is more than that 500 calories. So don't just cut 1,700 calories off the bat. Start with that three to 500 calorie cut. So cut down to 2,000 calories. Go from the 2,500 to the 2,000. And once that stops working, then you cut again. You can go to the 1,700 calories. Do you see what I'm saying? You know, so that is an example of that. 
now that you know your calories, right? So that was the little, so phase two. So remember phase one or um, we area one, we were looking at awareness. Area two, we're like, where are you and where, uh, what do we need to change? Like where, well, like a, a real a look at everything, right? What are you eating? How are you eating? Um, now let's look at, oh, actually, no, <gasps> uh, uh, we're still, <laughs> we're still in area two. I forgot. Now we're going to talk about where those calories are coming from, all right? So for those of you that didn't know, I'm a macro counting coach. Um, basically, in a nutshell, macros is just short for macronutrients, which is protein, fats, and carbs. All your food is breaking, broken down into a ratio of these three or at least one of those. Um, by eating certain macro ratios, you can promote certain fitness goals and even health goals, all right? So the um, this you know, to kind of put fat loss, let's like kind of talk about that a little bit, you know, weight loss, calories are key when it comes to weight loss. All right. But there's a difference between just losing weight off the scale versus uh, transforming your body, right? Um, so what the difference is and what's when we're transforming our body to that is you're dropping fat, you're gaining lean muscle. That's where the tone look comes in. That's why we, if you're just focused on that number on the scale, um, you know, all you're doing is become a smaller version of what you are right now. And a lot of women find when they just focus on the scale, they're just looking at weight loss in this big, like general picture, not caring where it comes from, if it comes from fat or if it comes from muscle, are not very pleased with the end results, right? You're still going to be jiggly in all the wrong places, just smaller <laughs> jiggly, okay? So that's why I really help women on the transformation part. That's the getting lean toned look right? And so to do that, you have to lose fat and you have to gain muscle. All right. And so this is really where macronutrients comes into play because yes, you can lose weight by cutting calories, but it's really the component of where are those calories coming from that is going to help you to transform your body, of course, plus with strength training, right? Because you have to give your body a stimulus, um, a reason to grow lean muscle, <laughs> right? But we also have to nurture that lean muscle outside of the gym and that's where the nutrition plays a part in that. So I just kind of wanted to explain that to you to you ladies. Um, and the neat thing is, since you're already using MyFitnessPal because you used it for your food diary, right? You can easily adjust your macronutrient goals in there. And so I'm gonna make it really simple. I'm gonna give you a macronutrient ratio that I start pretty much everybody on. And um, I used to have a meal prepping uh, membership group and it's like a group coaching thing. It, it evolved just through many different things for a couple of years. Um, and this is what I always started women on is was 35% protein, 35% carbs, and 30% fat. And that's a really very balanced approach, but it also makes sure that you're eating enough protein, um, which is really the most important macronutrient. And I really need to do a podcast on macros um, now that I'm thinking about it. I don't think I haven't done one yet. Um, and so really, you know, it, it is a very balanced approach. And also it's not, the carbs are not super low. They're not high. They're moderate. The fats are the same. It's moderate. It's, it's a, it's a, everything's moderate in this ratio. So that's why it's really, a really good starting point um, for most for most women. And like I said, all the women I've worked with, it's been a good starting point. And then you adjust from there. Um, 
And when it comes to, okay, I already talked about that. When it comes to, I'm looking at my notes, guys, sorry. Uh, So, oh, when you are eating enough protein, now that we talked about it, we talked about how important macros are. When you are eating enough protein, this helps to protect your lean body mass while losing weight. Protein is also very satisfying and it can help you with hunger. So even if you're not strength training in the gym, you need to be eating enough protein for for weight loss, for fat loss. Like it's it's essential because um, it's just going to help you through that fat loss process, that weight loss process, and it's also going to help you to maintain that lean body mass, which is a big, which is a part of also your metabolism. The more muscle you have, the higher your metabolism is. You really don't want to lose muscle, and especially as you're losing weight, you don't want to lose muscle not only for your metabolism, but when that weight comes off, you're you're not going to look toned. You're not going to be firm. You know, like that's that look comes from having lean muscle. So you really want to make sure that you maintain that muscle, if not gain that muscle during a weight loss process. Um, And studies show that both low-carb and high-carb diets are equally effective at fat loss as long as calories are within weight loss range and protein is adequate. So really, it's a preference, okay? I mean, I know a lot of people, and I'm going to try not to get out too much on a kick. I know a lot of people are like, you know, low carb is better and this and that. Oh my gosh, like I dropped so much weight um, when I did low carb in the beginning. Well, yeah, because a lot of it is water weight in the beginning because the more for every gram of carb that you that you have in your body, you're holding on to three grams of water. It's just, that's what happens in your body when you consume carbs. So of course, when you stop consuming carbs, you deplete yourself of glycogen, you know, uh, levels. It's, you're going to drop weight, uh, water weight really fast. And so in the beginning, it appears that low carb diets are better for weight loss, but you're just dropping water weight over time that will just, it equals out. So it's really, like I said, it's not, um, I just want to throw that out there, like I said, because I know people are really worried about like, oh, about eating low carb or not. Like it's, like I said, it's more of a preference than anything. And to be completely honest, like for my opinion, this is honest for me, um, very low carb diets like keto just, to me, it's just not realistic for a mom who wants to eat healthy, like with their family. Like it's, you know, it's hard to get your family on board with that kind of diet. And to be honest, or in my opinion, I think I don't think it's a good idea to put a healthy, active kid on a keto diet. Our body's number one source of energy is glucose. When you eat low carb, you're actually tricking your body into activating a self-defense mechanism of using ketones instead of glucose. So in, in like if our bodies prefer ketones over glucose, I think we wouldn't have to activate the system to switch over to ketone protection. And like I said, I'm trying I'm not going to try to go, um, you know, and I'm not throwing anybody under the bus that does keto. It's just not my thing. It's just not what I, um, what I show women how to do. And I just, you know, just like, as as, like I said, that's just my opinion. Um, so we have covered a lot today. So let's kind of recap because, um, if you're with me and I'm actually, you know what? I told you I wasn't going to keep it around 30 minutes. It's only 37 minutes. I actually feel like I did a damn good job. Um, I always try to keep these within a certain amount of time because I really value your time and I always am so appreciative of you, you know, putting me in your ears and listening to me, what I have to say. Um, so yeah, so we did get, we, let's see, let's go ahead and review what we've done so far and then let's talk about actionable step, steps going, going forward. So number one is review your food diary for the week. Remember, Go look back through that diary. Number two, step two is ask yourself 
those awareness questions. There was four awareness questions. I'm going to scroll up and read those to you real fast out of my notes. Um, that was number one was how do you feel about keeping the food diary? How did you feel about keeping a food diary? Number two, how do you feel about what you what you ate during your food diary? Number three, what was your biggest struggles? Did you discover any bad food habits? Number four was what were you proud of? Like what were those good habits that you want to make sure that you keep doing? So those were those four awareness questions. Step three was figure out your daily calorie average. Remember, add up, go back, add up all the calories for each day, divide it by seven, you'll get your daily calorie average. The number step four is use the online calculator that I'm going to give you that link to to figure out your ideal maintenance calories, right? Step five is compare your daily calorie average to your ideal maintenance calories. Are you undereating or overeating? Which camp are you falling into? Step six is if you are overeating, figuring out what your fat loss calories are. Step seven, if you are undereating, start a reverse diet by slowly adding calories back in. All right. So you should know what your calories, um, ideal calories should be for your goals right now and for you uniquely. Now, now in step eight, you want to adjust your calories and macronutrient goals in MyFitnessPal. If you're using the app, just go down. There's like three little (laughs) three little buttons at the bottom. There are three little dots and that's like you're more, I'm actually going to MyFitnessPal right now. So I can kind of walk you through that. Um, so it's really easy. Go to more. Okay. Go to more. Then you go to goals. Then you, if you look down, you'll see nutrition goals. It says calorie carbs, protein, and fat goals. You click on that. Then you can change your calories. So change your calories to where you're, where you are supposed to be starting at. And then change the, um, ratios to carbohydrates, 35%, protein, 35%, fat, 30%, okay? Now that you have all the information you need, let's really start to put together a game plan. So you're like, okay, great, I have all this information and this is awesome, what do I do? (laughs) Where do I go from here? I know, it can be overwhelming. You're probably thinking like, oh my gosh, how the heck do I track macros or where do I start? And I just want you to like sit down or if you're sitting down, you know, take a big deep breath. That's okay. This is a process. Okay. Don't expect to get it all figured out in a week or even in a month. Like I said, this is a learning process, but the good news is you don't have to get everything perfect in order to start seeing results. Remember last week's episode, I talked about minimal effective dose, how you just need to do a little bit of the right stuff to get progress and you just, you don't have to do all the right stuff. Um, So, you know, that's the good part. And I really highly recommend there is, um, highly recommend you just making one to two small changes every week that gets you towards your big goal. I call these like small actionable goals. I even have a process for this that I shared in episode number 16 called um, a step-by-step process to reaching your big goal and creating motivation along the way. This is like the exact process that I would take or uh, when I work one-on-one with somebody that I take them through every week to really help them focus on action 
actionable things because a lot of the times we're like, oh yeah, make a goal this week. And our goal is I want to lose two pounds. And it's like, well, okay, that's great. But we really need to focus on the action. And that actually creates more motivation because when we make an actionable action goal versus a results goal, right? Even if we don't get the result of two pounds, if we can really, we can show up, right? We can take action. And that's really how you create more motivation is by creating, by actually showing up for yourself and doing and being like, I did this. I did, I said I was going to do this. And I did that. That's where the motivation comes from. We all think it's like, oh, it's actually because I lost two pounds. And it's like, no, it's it's through the process of you actually losing those two pounds. That's what created, you know, that motivation. And then that's what's also helping you to gain that, um, you know, to feel better about yourself, right? Some ideas on small changes. So let me give you a couple ideas because you're like, okay, what do you mean? Like one small, one to two small changes. And I want these changes that you're making, they need to be something that's actionable. They need to be something that's measurable that you can think, you can say at the end of the week, like all else went to shit, right? Your whole week go to shit. But I really stuck to these one to two things. These not, oh, that's what I used to call them. Why did I just, I just like, I called them non-negotiable goals. That's what I call them, non-negotiable goals. And if you've been following me for a long time, like you're like, oh yeah, I've heard just going to talk about this because I really feel strongly about it. Um, so some, some ideas of non-negotiable goals. And like I said, go check out that podcast number 16. I talk about this a lot more, um, actually give you a process. So making changes to overcome your biggest food struggles is where you want to start. You want to look at like, what is, what am I struggling with the most? And then that's really where you want to start from because it's going to give you the most bang for your buck as far as change. So for example, you have a problem skipping a meal. Like you notice like, man, I'm not eating enough because I'm skipping a meal or I skip a meal and then I'm noticing like I'm really overeating on the next meal and I just making bad food choices. Well, then you need to probably focus on doing some meal planning or some meal prepping, kind of thinking ahead of time. You know, that's one little thing. Yes, that's like, I'm saying it's a little thing, but that can mean everything, right? If your biggest struggle is skipping meals. So that's where I want you to really be um, strategic on what you choose to be your small non-negotiable goals every week. And this is what I used to tell my clients is like, these are non-negotiable. This is like do or die, like show up and do this. I don't care if your whole week went to shit. Like I don't care what you did, like, but if you showed up and you did these things, hey, you made progress because last week you didn't do those things, okay? And that is something to celebrate this week. So, you know, I'm trying to think what are their small things. Um, some Another really big small goal that you can set for yourself, if you're somebody that doesn't drink about a gallon of water a day, set that goal. I know it's like, oh my gosh, I've heard it, Jessica, drink more water. Like everybody says it, everybody and their mama, all the, all those beach body coaches. Um, but it really does make a difference as far as hunger, as far as, um, energy levels, clarity, how you show up, you know, even just being slightly dehydrated will make a big impact. Turns out we're mostly water. We probably were fish in another life. (laughs) Like most of, we're all, we're about 70% water. So, all your bodily functions, guess what? They need water to function. So if you're not drinking enough water, you're not functioning at your best. And so that's just, that's low hanging fruit, right? Those are those little things that we know to do, but they're not the sexy fun stuff. So we just like overlook it. But those things are your foundation and those things matter. They really do matter. So 
Also, when it comes to the macro thing, because I know it's really overwhelming to try to like, oh my gosh, I got to eat in a way that fits this whole macro ratio for my calories. Like, I don't even know how to read. I don't even know how, how to uh, read food labels, right? And really, all you I want you to focus on right now is just your calories. Stay within 100 calories of your your goal and try to hit your protein every day and where your carbs or fats fall, it's okay as long as you're in the ballpark of your calorie and your protein goal. Remember I talked about earlier when I taught said studies show low carb versus high carb doesn't really matter. It still gets about the same results. It's it's just a preference as long as you're in the calorie range for your weight loss and your protein is adequate, you're intaking adequate enough protein. So just focus on that, you know, that in your, that in itself is going to be a big, big accomplishment, right? So start with your calories, then start with eating enough protein. And then when you feel like you really got that down, then you can start really dialing in the carbs and the fats. Okay. Um, so really just focus on what matters the most and then making those small changes and, and then, you know, just dialing it in is really at the end. So, I really hope that today's episode um, has been very helpful for you. I, I'll be completely honest. I sat down. I started writing the notes for this episode yesterday, and I was like, crap. Like, I'm like, I hope I don't overwhelm them. Like, how can I put this in the most simplest step-by-step way where they're actually going to take action? Because if it's overwhelming, if it's too much, it's going to be like, okay, like, deer in headlights. I don't know what to do with this. And I never want you to be like that or feel like that. Um, and say if you're listening to this episode and you do feel like that right now, like reach out to me, you know, um, a lot of you that listen, you find me on social media. So you probably have me on social media, message me and be like, um, Jessica, (laughs) I need help. Like I'm kind of lost on your episode or whatever, um, you know, whatever part it may be. And let me help you to like bring some clarity to that. Or if you're somebody, like I said, I do virtual nutrition consults. Is that something you're interested in doing with me? We can really deep dive you and I together and look at your food diary and then really put together a strategic game plan on like, where do you go from here? That's based on your unique needs, right? What are your unique struggles? And and what I really like, like about the approach that I gave you today, and I want you to think about this too, is this is something that will be unique to you. Like that really at the core of everything matters the most to me. What is going to help you in your position? So if you notice, I gave you questions that you are going to ask yourself because you know what you need, right? It's not going to be helpful for me to give you a list of like, do this, do this, do this, of exact things to do, right? Which is a lot of the times what diets will tell us or people will say like, you know, just eat this amount of calories, just eat chicken, five ounces of chicken with one cup of broccoli and half a cup of, of rice for every meal. You know, these cookie cutter things. And it's like, for one, I can't eat like that all the time. <laughs> I tried that crap, did not work. This is why I had to find a different approach. But, you know, really when when a lot of those diets are like that, it's not taking into consideration really, really what are the problems that you're having? What are the struggles you're having? And I really hope that you take this seriously as in the awareness piece of what are those habitual things that are keeping you from actually being consistent? Because a lot of the times it's, 
a consistency problem. It's like I cannot stay, I can't eat healthy consistently all the time because X, Y, and Z. And, um, you know, really taking, uh, really trying to do those non-negotiable goals every week to move yourself forward and work through those struggles Right. So you have two parts, right? You have the awareness part of working through your own struggles, which is really unique to you. And then you have the 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 numbers, the all that kind of stuff to really tie in the two together. And this is a process that you can come back to time and time again. And that's what I really like about this, too, because I really want you to learn how to live a healthy lifestyle that is unique to you and know how do I change that as you grow and as you get new goals and, you know, things like that. So... Yeah, I'll leave you with that. I would love to hear what you thought about today's episode. Um, Leave me a review. It means a lot to me. It also helps me to get seen more in um, the podcast sphere, right? So if you really found this helpful and the best way to pay it for it is leave me a five-star review. Let me know that and then help us to get the podcast out to more people. So I will leave you with that. And as always, go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are.